0: This is a crypto finance podcast. We are holding internal knowledge sessions
1: and publish selected episodes to share our know how and experience with you.
2: Yeah, welcome. Thanks for the uh, very good turnout. Might be because we have an external speaker today, um, Lucas Batchard. But the reason for uh, that we invited an external speaker is that two weeks ago, three weeks ago, yeah, please correct me if I'm saying something wrong here. Uh, there was this announcement of part of compliant transfer between crypto broker AG and Simone Pellarin, and that seems to us, like working here, knowing some of the backgrounds, that does not seem very controversial. But uh, in some parts, especially like in uh, in the Bitcoin Switzerland Telegram group, uh, it was accepted as very controversial, and people were outraged about how dare we comply with anything. I mean obviously mood could be settled down a bit also in that chat. But I think it's a good opportunity to talk about what does comply with FATAF actually mean? What what does this FATAF actually do? What does complying with that mean? What impact also does that have to on somebody who does not intend to store his Bitcoin with anybody else? And I think we have we have reasonable, reasonably good speaker with that, with Lucas from Twenty One Analytics, uh, who also with some support of uh, of Max from, from the brokerage.
3: Yeah,
0: let's
3: get going. I guess I will introduce myself quickly. Um, my name is Lucas. I'm in Bitcoin since 2013. Working in the space since 2014, and my hobby is the Bitcoin Association Switzerland. Maybe you're a of that. And since mid of this year, we're working on a software product with my new family company. For um, providing a solution for the
1: FATF travel rule. Cool. Thank you, Lucas. And my name is Maxim Konn. I'm a compliance officer and crypto broker. Maybe before we hand over to Lucas and get into the technical details of the modern ways, I'll give you a little background on what is the FATF and what is the travel rule. So let's start with the FATF or FATF or Gafi or the Financial Action Task Force which is a multinational um, organization that was fo- uh, founded in like late 80s and its main task is to give some guidance and set out some some rules on how to combat money laundering the fatf is creating recommendations on a regular basis and those regulations they're not law but they're picked up by the member states of fatf and uh, are turned into law so that the, the local regulation is in line with the FATF recommendation. That is what happened last year, and that is what happened with the FINMA shortly after the FATF update. In June 2019, the FATF published a guidance for virtual asset service providers, and the major update there was that the travel rule will now be applicable to so-called virtual asset service providers. What is the travel rule? Very simple. Travel rule is the requirement for all financial organizations out there to submit the identity of the originator of a transaction and the identity of the beneficiary of a transaction namely you have to uh, submit the name the account number the physical address or if you don't have the physical address you have to submit the national identity number like the passport id of the originator and you have to enter the name and account number or address of the beneficiary so this has been done for years in the normal financial industry for example using the the swift systems and the swift messages or any other way on how to submit the information on who you're sending money to on the blockchain there was no such thing yet and now with the fatf update this rule was told to be applicable to the blockchain transactions as well fatf also determined the new term virtual asset service provider well what is a virtual asset service provider basically all the companies in the blockchain industry financial institutions that are dealing with virtual assets which can be like any representation of value that is digitally transferred or traded or used for payment services here maybe we need to to mention the first difference the fatf set all financial institutions that our VASPs have to follow the travel rule as of basically now. A few months later, Finma in Switzerland introduced their version of the FATF recommendations, and they said even more: we want the VASPs that are regulated in Switzerland to apply that not only to only VASPs, but also to their clients that are not VASPs. So this law was applicable to a client of a VASP and. To a transaction between a normal person and a VASP and VASP to VASP transactions. So the Swiss interpretation was a bit stricter. So, what was happening after the announcement was also caused by a misinterpretation of exactly that rule. People assumed that all the people in the world or in Switzerland have to follow the travel rule, which is maybe a little bit exaggerated because if we go back, the virtual asset service provider have to follow the rule. So if someone has an account at the virtual asset service provider, let's call them VASPs, the VASP has to make sure that the rule is followed by knowing their client and knowing who their client will be sending the money to. And if this client will send the money to another external person that has just simply a wallet, the virtual asset service provider has to identify that external third party person like it would be a client of them. Or the other side of the transaction could be a wallet in another VASP. And then the two VASPs would have to transfer the information about the sender and the receiver of this virtual asset in some kind of way. So this is now the the tricky part. What is the way that we could use here? Vasps don't have something like a swift connection. A possible way would be to talk to the other side, talk to the vasp that that you want to send money to and say hey I'm about to send you money, let's have a contract that we are both FATF compliant and we both will follow the rules. This kind of contract is commonly referred to a bilateral agreement and in that agreement the VASPs find a way on how to transfer the information. It could be an email, it could be an email with an encrypted attachment, it could be a fax, it could be physical mail, it could be a pigeon, it could be a raven, whatever you want. However, this information has to be transferred. And one thing to mention, it does not need to be transferred on the blockchain. It could be the Raven. It just needs to be on the other side. Uh, Most of the VASPs were not happy with the solutions of FAX and Ravens and wanted to build something that is more decentralized and is more technical and that is not in the hand of one company, but rather something more spread. So, if you have no questions, I would hand over to Lucas, and we can go back into more details a bit later.
0: Thank you in channel qualification. We all talk, uh, have talked about the Swiss finish. Actually, what we have is not really Swiss Finnish. We don't have Swiss legislation. Uh, one has this FATF recommendation, and Switzerland has had and still have has the same uh, legal basis, which is the anti-money Laundering Act, the Laundering Ordinance, and the FEMA money laundering, laundering Ordinance. What FEMA just said, uh, did, that was simply they issued the uh, supervisory notice, how they understand and interpret uh, uh, the existing legal basis, so to speak, uh, and they then decided uh, whether it's uh, payment services uh, or it's not payment service, And anyway, what FIMA is doing uh, just implies how they would uh, apply the law and enforce the law with regard to regulated entities and nothing beyond that because FIMA has no authority with regard to um, uh, market participants outside of the scope of this legislation. So, one should be aware and not so uh, bluntly speak about that the Swiss legislation. Like, kind of what we have is the interpretation of the FEMA, how they think the existing legal basis has to be applied, which, in a way, is, has always been very consistent, is one should deal with it in the same way as with the to, to an ordinary payment services, or in the case it's a non client and it's not much of an issue. And and I think one has to be very clear about that. Otherwise, we are
3: talking on a high level, of civic confusion. I agree. Actually, nothing changed for Switzerland Now it's just a bit more clear from Finma perspective. And also, like these people, as we talked in in the chat, they don't understand. If you're with a Wasp, you already gave up your privacy. So there's nothing you're losing because of the travel rule. You already gave up your privacy for these coins in the moment that you signed up with a Wasp. That was a clear decision you made. So, there's no, nothing bad for Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency here, actually. Please just tell yes, us so. what happened three weeks ago and why is this a suitable approach? I mean, now, for most countries, the regulators did not yet implement the travel rule, or at least did not tell their regulated entities that they have to implement it. If we're talking to VASPs, or we used to talk to WASPs in the Netherlands two months ago, and most of them had no clue what travel rule is. So they, all, of course, they don't want to spend money or efforts on it. Also, that's the, the consequence for us. Then, other jurisdictions like uh, Hong Kong and Singapore, and especially Switzerland, they're moving a bit faster in that regard. So they have a bigger interest to actually establish a way of communicating this information that is not just based on email, but something more efficient. There are several different protocols how to exchange this information because. Of course, in the world, there are more than 1,000 WASPs, and as always, they cannot agree on one standard to communicate, but everybody comes up with his own standard, more or less. Um, it's not that bad, but I would say we have around seven competing standards for now on different stages. Can you tell yes.
0: us which, which the seven standards
3: are? Uh, I cannot name all of them, but in Switzerland, Open Wasp is very, very popular because they started fairly early driven by Bitcoin Swiss mostly. Then is a travel rule protocol, TRP, from standard chartered and ING, or initiated by them. Then we have the TRISA protocol from initiated by Cyphertrace. Then there is one in the US that is, um, I don't think it has a name actually, but it's among American WASPs. They say, okay, we will first just do it among us, and then we see how we do it with the others yeah i think there are also some centralized solutions which they say is more like a, a swift where a company sits in the middle you give them the data and they give it to the other wasp. i really really hope this will not take off because if yeah i mean if you have this man in the middle i mean he, they would know everything of what's going on and he, then you really lose privacy and there are also some companies who actually do that they implement the protocols but sit in the middle so you send the data to them and they send it to the others And I think, especially if if it's an American company, I mean, why don't you just send all your information directly to the NSA and CIA? So what we implemented now is the OpenBOS protocol, because there's a strong backing in Switzerland, but also TRP, which is especially also driven from OSL in Hong Kong, which, as I said, the regulator is putting a bit more pressure on their companies there. With TRP, it's the goal is to have something very simple, because in the end, I mean, we're really talking about inf- exchanging this information about the partners between these two companies. So it's not difficult, right? It shouldn't be difficult, at least. And it turned out also to be, if we do it just a bare minimum, as, as we defined for TRP, it still got, took us several months to just agree on one standard with many companies involved. As always and um, now the version one of TRP is really like extremely simple by if you just interpret the travel rule as is you don't have to transfer any information about the amount or transaction ID you really just need to transfer the beneficiary information so sender to recipient and that's what it does now but of course we figured out when we did this first transaction compliance officers on both, both sides, crypto broker, and also uh, on Montpellier, and I said, why does it not show an amount? Why does it not show a transaction ID? So what do I want to do with this information if I don't know how much is going from one part to the other? Because Max cannot really do a risk check on this if he wouldn't know which transaction it is, right? So that's uh, the, op- the most obvious extension for TRP you we're know, now working on within the group. But not selling a transaction ID and not setting an amount is fine with the regulatory requirements we took the interwasp standard um for us, as the baseline for TRP and what actually gets transmitted and the interwasp committee they, they were very clear on working on just having the bare minimum according to fhf travel rules and there it says nowhere you have to send the amount of the transaction you have to be able to match them on your side but it doesn't say you have to send them on the wire
2: Okay, but is that some
3: some type of of um, well, yeah, they forgot to say
2: that it has to be included. But obviously, everybody knows it has to be included. Or is it really? I mean, German rule also applies outside of of VASPs, outside of crypto assets. Is
3: is it usual there to send the amount or not? I mean, if you do it with traditional assets, you probably do your bank transfer over SWIFT and over SEPA. There, everything is in one piece. Right, you have the sender. And the recipient and the amount and the there's It's all part of one and not like here where you have something on the blockchain, something both. So, I mean the travel rule really doesn't care about the asset that gets transferred or how it gets transferred. It's really just about transmitting this information. So you could theoretically do a bank transfer and then still do a, a TRP exchange for information. And it's also that shows again, it's very easy to do a workaround if you're concerned about your privacy because of the travel rule. You just send it to your own hardware wallet, and then from there you send it again to the other wasp. If you if you don't want to tell the other wasp that you have an account, a crypto broker, you can do that.
0: So how does your protocol then on a technical level actually work? What, how is the information exchange for this
3: done? So as I said, we don't define a protocol, we just implement these new standards that are evolving. And uh, for now, we decided to implement OpenMASP, which is exchanging this information to Whisper, which is kind of decentralized, coming from the Ethereum community protocol, and TRP, which is using uh, very simple, very straightforward point-to-point REST connections. It's exchanging uh, JSON packages. Okay, which one was used for the uh, transaction between Crypto Broker and Monopoly? TRP because that's that's already final and ready and OpenMASP is still being worked on. They have the smart contracts they want to deploy. There's actually an interesting approach with the OpenMASP that they have this directory that is based on Ethereum smart contracts. It also adds a lot of complexity, let's say, this makes it a bit harder for others to implement and also that's why it probably takes a bit more time than just spinning up two servers talking over uh, REST APIs with each other. Okay, who initiates
2: the communication there? Does the destination bus have an endpoint and the source bus just tells that endpoint, hey, I want to send you something? Yes, I mean... Which way does the communication
3: go there? Exactly. With TRP, you do an initial setup, you need to configure the counterparty, and then it's just a a one-way call, or that's at least the minimum you need to do, and you tell the other, look, this is the information that is relevant for this transaction.
2: Okay, so, so it's really uh, one-way communication only. I mean, obviously, there is like TCP, which does an, an egg uh, in between, to yeah. uh, to not, notify that this is actually
3: arrived. But there is just a single call that's... There, there is an optional pre-wide call where, um, for example, as a crypto broker, you might not just want to send uh, Montpelier some information. What you can do is you ask Montpelier to send your address mm-hmm. And then I will tell you yes or no because also Manpeller might not want this information if it's not relevant for them. So that's that's all that is TOT. Actually, it's very simple. Okay. There is no
0: confirmation or anything going back.
3: The, the sending WASPs is responsible for having the transmitting the correct information, and the receiving wasp is it's not liable for getting the correct information from the sending wasp. So and he's also not. He doesn't have to tell the sending wasp that this information that he sent me about my client is correct or not. So there's there's a like confirmation in us H B two hundred. Yes, I, I got it, but that's it. Maybe so, it's yeah, worth yeah.
1: mentioning that OpenVasp protocol has more features planned. So there it is actually designed that there will be a information sending in one way and there will be like approved, not approved type of information sent back. So that is the major difference. And TRP, as Luca said, is minimalistic.
0: It's slightly different to the traditional world. The traditional world, You would book the uh, incoming funds on a banking account and not credit it to the client's account. But when it's moved on the blockchain, it's already uh, on, to the, on the other address. You have to complete information. Uh, so in a way, the situation is slightly different to the traditional world. Because if you get completed information, uh, and then oh uh, it should have been for this client, but it's actually for another client. So it's a mismatch, and then it uh, kind of the, the purpose of travel is, 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 is. But it's still
3: up to, it. to the receiving boss if he wants to credit this person's account or not. I agree, but the, the
0: receiving boss will have it and uh, on its blockchain address.
3: Yes, will so already be there. Yeah, you can never pre- prevent somebody to send you something on Bitcoin. If we, if we could, you can do this pre flight check as Max mentioned. Uh, there's also work on TRP to do that, and uh, not just in OpenBUS. but uh, that, that was for sure improving, but you can never prevent it actually. That's the feature. Right. And then, stupid question maybe how is that now linked this information?
0: Impressive that we have solution for the issue, uh, but how is it linked then to the blockchain transaction?
3: So, that's what I said before with TRP. Just the basic, the basic protocol, they said they only solving the travel rule. And if you take it very word by word, you don't have to add the transaction ID. But the extension we're working on right now, the TRP extension, is adding the amount back and the transaction ID. What is there? Is the wallet address? So you could theoretically link it with that to a certain degree. Good. Um, so
2: you see that there was a lot of discussion now again on, on the level of Vast, between a Vast, what is the day to day pain of a Vast? And not a lot of discussion, but at least we mentioned it and I will try to mention it here again that none of that uh, affects anybody who's not a Vast, right? Because that was, again, that was what caused the outrage in the Vicurin Switzerland chat and probably elsewhere. uh, This feels a bit intrusive, um, but it very much is not. If you give up the privacy to some of your coins, um, to store them with a the, with the VAST, then I at least, I even want that VAST to be held to very high standards uh, of regulatory compliance as opposed to Wild West. Uh, Wild West, I can do with my own coins. I do not want, need a VAST for that. And the second one is uh, this is also, I think, uh, very important to come back to what Lucas said before that the that protocols that are very being implemented do not rely on a centralized party, right? But that is, if bus VAS A, VASP B, VASP C, so if there is a payment from bus A to bus B, e, then VASP C does not know about it, no central party knows about all the transfers, so you will still have a very high anonymity set.
3: There's some VASP they are very easy to, um, to look on-chain what they're doing. So you can see how much money flows in and how much money flows out just based on looking at the chain activities. and I mean, you, you don't want that, right? You have company that's interest to protect privacy. But the maybe companies have to
0: drive that as long as they comply with the rules yeah. and still can do, do that yeah. so
2: and Maybe, maybe to, to try, uh, make a point uh, for <laughs> banks, um, so at, at storage, we negotiated contracts with quite a lot of banks for supporting them to store crypto assets. And one of the services that we do is also to provide them uh, like a very unified uh, way of accessing all the historic information and current balances of all the addresses across all currencies. One point that was not by us, but was repeatedly written into the contracts by our clients, by the banks, they demanded that, is that we are very careful to not leak information, that we do not use, say, Infura uh, to, to get the information about <laughs> what happens on Ethereum, that, but that we run our own notes, and that we are super careful to not leak our clients or their clients' information onto, um, onto any third parties. So the eagerness, I mean, we, we were super happy to comply with that, <laughs> that's not, not a problem. But um, the, the eagerness of, of banks to, to maintain the privacy of their clients is certainly there. That's probably a very good point to end. Thank you very much for the participation. Thanks, Lucas, and thanks, Max. I hope there are no further questions because we are really out of time now. Thank you very much.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay. This episode was brought to you by CryptoFinance. We are happy to receive comments and feedback. Email your thoughts to research at CryptoFinance.ch